Welcome to the New Books Network. I'm Caleb Zachrin, the assistant editor of the New Books Network. Today I'm speaking with Melanie O'Brien, associate professor in international law at the University of Western Australia Law School. Melanie is the president of the International Association of Genocide Scholars. Founded in 1994, the IAGS promotes the study, research, and prevention of genocide and other human rights violations. The association is also the co-publisher of the journal, Genocide Studies and Prevention. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today on the New Books Network. Thank you for having me, Caleb. Of course. So the first question I'd like to ask is if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm an associate professor of international law in Australia at the University of Western Australia. Uh, I've been in academia for quite a while now. And uh, I I won't give dates. Um, So uh, my background is obviously in law, but also in history uh, in my studies. So specialising, going on to specialise in in my master's and my PhD in international criminal law, international humanitarian law, which is the laws of war, and international human rights law. And my work crosses uh, all three of those areas and brings them together. I mainly work on the areas of international criminal law, so specialising in sexual and gender-based violence against women, which cuts across all of the research that I do. And I have done quite a lot of work on peacekeeper sexual exploitation and abuse. However, what I've moved on to as everybody's research uh, evolves throughout their research career, I have evolved more into looking at genocide studies and I specialize in comparative genocide studies but obviously bringing a legal perspective in and in particular looking at the legal side of genocide so for example the genocide convention and cases and how the definition has evolved through case law but also looking at the relationship of genocide and human rights law as well. I specialize in a few different genocide cases uh, or case studies in particular, the Holocaust, the Armenian genocide, uh, the Cambodian genocide, the Rohingya genocide, and Bosnia. So on top of all of that work, you're also the the president of the IAGS. How did you first get involved in this organization? And what is the sort of central mission that you work on? So I joined IAGS quite a long time, very early in my career, actually. Uh, I think think it was back in about 2012 or 2013 and I attended the 2013 conference I think it was in Argentina and I've essentially I've been hooked ever since because it's such a fantastic organization and I felt welcomed and engaged and just really part of the organization from the get-go and so immediately actually became involved further in the organisation straight away because they were putting together an early career uh, committee, which I became part of at my from my very first conference with IAGS. So it was really, you know, it, it just straight away, IAGS is an academic organisation that makes you feel part of it and creates these fantastic scholarly and personal connections. And, you know, I, I know that 
the IAGS works on publishing a journal. Can you tell me a little bit about this journal, the Genocide Studies and Prevention Journal, uh, and also some of the other work that the organization has done in the past? Sure. So uh, we have a, a few publications, actually. So obviously our academic journal, Genocide Studies and Prevention, uh, is our main publication. It's an open access journal, which is really important. Uh, we went open access some years ago, and this means that anyone can access its content without having to pay for it. So it's available to anyone, regardless of whether they have access to journal databases or not. And we are very appreciative to the University of South Florida for hosting our journal through Scholar Commons to enable our publications to reach a wide audience, which is a particular priority for IAGS because we want to include scholars from the Global South and make sure that we are truly an international association and not just a Global North association. Another publication that we have are our policy briefs, which seek to disseminate the collective knowledge of scholars, practitioners and activists to relevant stakeholders in the field of genocide studies, prevention and punishment. So topics uh, relate to genocide, but also other atrocity crimes, human rights, conflict and social justice more broadly. So the core aim of the policy briefs is to help bridge the divide between IAG's members and many others who could be using the insights that come from our work. Um, we summarise and synthesise basically cutting-edge knowledge and help to move this knowledge beyond paywalls and beyond academia, essentially. So those are our main publications, but we also have activities. Uh, the main activity that IAGS has done is our biannual, biannual conference. So this is held in a different location every two years, sometimes uh, hopefully in a location with a connection to a history of mass violence. Uh, for example, we've held conferences in Bosnia, Argentina, Canada, Australia and Cambodia. And that enables us to significantly engage with what has taken place in the past in those countries and what have been the mechanisms to deal with that. And we usually have very specific events connected to the historical violence in that particular location, such as field trips or very focused, targeted keynote speakers. And we have hundreds of scholars participate in our conference. Uh, it's an extraordinary opportunity to bring together scholars from around the world to network, present their research and connect with each other and also connect with policymakers, activists and practitioners. Uh, IGS also issues resolutions about historical or current atrocity situations and these resolutions are voted on by our members. So, for example, we've passed resolutions on the Rohingya genocide, the ISIS Yazidi genocide and the Armenian genocide. Uh, our resolutions and publications are all available through our website, which is genocidescholars.org, and we also have a YouTube channel with online presentations. And I know you asked me about what have we done in the past, uh, but these are also always ongoing, so past and current uh, events and publications that we do. Yeah, I imagine if you've, you've done something well in the past, you might as well keep keep it going. Uh, you know, in your role as president, something I'm always curious about is is if you could talk about 
you know, what your favorite part is. And, you know, additionally, you know, what is the, what is the hardest part about being the president of an organization like IAX? My favorite parts, I don't think there's one favorite part. There's, there's lots to it, but um, my favorite parts are firstly the engagement with IAGS members, because we have so many amazing scholars in our membership and being on the board gives me the opportunity to learn more about more of our members, which I really enjoy. But also a favourite part is the ability for IAGS to engage with the practical side of genocide prevention and punishment, which is really important to me. Uh, For example, IAGS works with the UN Special Advisor on the Prevention of Genocide. Um, And as president, I'm also asked to do quite a lot of media interviews on current situations And through that, I'm able to reach a lot of people around the world to help them understand the issues with any conflict, atrocity or genocide that may be going on at the moment. Uh, I also really enjoy working with the people on the executive and advisory boards because they're so dedicated to making IAGS a great organisation for its members. So those are some of my favourite parts of the role. Um, In terms of the greatest challenge, definitely I would have to say it's finding the time to do all the things that I want to do for IAGS. It's a voluntary role outside of my own full-time employment, so it can be difficult to get everything done that I want to do, um, especially when my employment requirements, such as marking, for example, have to take priority. So that is a real challenge. And I wish I had more time to, to devote to this. Yeah, this is, you know, I guess, I guess a little far field from that in related to this, the challenge, but, you know, obviously a subject like genocide is extremely, you know, heavy and difficult to deal with sometimes. I, you know, I, I sort of wonder what is, what is it like studying a subject like this that can be, you know, just dealing with literally the worst of the worst? That's a really good question, and it's something that I've been exploring in the past couple of years, and that is something that all genocide scholars, all scholars of violence, regardless of what type of violence face, and it is something that I think IAGS is a benefit for scholars because it brings us together as a community, and that support of the community is actually one really crucial element of being able to deal with the content, the traumatic content of what we actually research. What advice would you give to a student or early stage academic interested in the field? And I recognize that a student in an early early stage academic might be different. So for a student, it could be someone who doesn't necessarily study uh, genocide, but is interested in the subject or just wants to know more about it, not necessarily you know, with the hope of becoming a professor and academic, but just in the interest of learning about something really important. Uh, and then also for an early stage academic, someone who's actually interested in studying uh, this subject, but wants to learn more about how they can become involved. Well, I'm certainly biased, but I would say join IAGS is my advice. Honestly, IAGS is a fantastic opportunity for networking for all academics who join, and the earlier you join, the better. You'll make a genuine and meaningful connection with other scholars in the field, but you'll also be exposed to a greater amount of research and ideas in the field of genocide studies than you would otherwise. Our membership is multidisciplinary. We cross 
a wide range of disciplines, history, philosophy, political science, memory studies, law, and, and even more. And engaging with other disciplines brings researchers out of our research silos and it makes our research and our findings far richer. Uh, in addition, because we work in a field, as I've mentioned, of traumatic content, it's actually quite vital to connect with other scholars who are in the same field, dealing with this same traumatic content as an important way of helping to cope with that content. So being part of IAGS is a is the perfect way to be able to access other people who are going through that same experience and, and to, to bond over the content of what you're researching. In terms of early career specifically, IAGS has a mentor program for early career scholars and, and students. So it's a brilliant opportunity to access the advice, guidance and the experience of a senior scholar in the field to help with your career, whether you're going into academia or not. And I think thinking about in terms of someone who may not end up becoming an academic, it's still really useful because we like to work with practitioners. We have members who are practitioners, uh, for example, lawyers or policymakers. And so in ensuring you have that relationship between the, the practice of genocide prevention and punishment and education, as well as the research, is, is a really important uh, strategic career uh, connection to make, whether or not you're an academic or a practitioner. I have to say that joining IAGS early in my career was one of the best things that I've done. I honestly, I encourage all scholars to join IAGS as it will enrich your career, your research, um, it will help you cope with the content of your research, but it will also provide you with lifelong friendships as well as the professional side of it. So it has professional and personal benefits. And like you said, a person doesn't need to necessarily be a lawyer like yourself in order to be a part of IAGS. Absolutely not. We, As I said, we have people in all different fields. It's incredibly multidisciplinary. We have people who work on memory studies. We have people who work broadly on transitional justice. We have people who are sociologists. We have political scientists, historians. We even have artists, uh, policymakers, all sorts of people from different fields. So we welcome anyone who looks at the study of mass violence from whichever perspective they're doing it or who works in the field in some kind of practitioner way, whether that be lawyers or other kinds of you know, government employees, policymakers, and so on. You've mentioned a few things already, but, but broadly speaking, what are the plans for the future of IAGS? We are about to launch a series of book launch webinars. So these will be an opportunity for our members to promote their new publications and for another IAGS member to engage in discussion about new scholarship. They will be monthly live webinars, but they'll later be available on our YouTube channel. So a great way for our members to promote the, their, their publications. We're also working on a members area of the website to offer specific advantages to members that aren't open to the public, such as book discounts, and as always, we have our conference every two years. So we are always working on the next conference and even the one after that. So 
our website is the place to go, genocidescholars.org. Um, it has all the programs from our previous conferences and all the details of our upcoming conferences and events. And as I mentioned, all our publications are available on the website or linked through the website. And if someone wanted to find your YouTube channel, what would you recommend that they type into the search bar? Uh, they can just type in International Association of Genocide Scholars YouTube. And we do have a link to our YouTube channel on our website, so you can go through that way. And you can also search for it within YouTube as well. Uh, now, you know, in these scholarly communication interviews, I always like to ask, you know, I know that you, you do a lot of work as as president, but I'm always curious, you know, what, what are you working on personally uh, outside of your role as president? Uh, any book projects, articles, uh, you know, so, you know, musical numbers <laughs> oh, definitely not musical numbers I can assure you of that uh, no I'm certainly working on a lot of things I've been doing a lot of work recently related to uh, the Ongwen appeal the Dominic Ongwen's appeal at the International Criminal Court I've been evol- involved with an amicus curiae group so amicus curiae means friends of the court and we made a written and an oral submission to the court for that so uh, I've been spending a lot of time working on that, but also we'll be uh, working on publications related to the Ongwen appeal. And the area in that that I've been working on is for, is the crime of forced marriage uh, that Dominic Ongwen was convicted of. So um, we'll be publishing a, a few different pieces coming out of the amicus brief, uh, which is publicly available through the International Criminal Court website. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I'm about to undertake a research fellowship at the Sydney Jewish Museum, where I'll be researching the right to sanitation in the Holocaust, which will explore how Holocaust victims and survivors experienced the right to sanitation, looking at things like access to toilets, access to showers or bathing, access to water, um, so generally personal hygiene and cleanliness and how they experience that in a genocide context. So this is actually a continuation of research that went into my forthcoming book, which is called From Discrimination to Death, Genocide Process Through a Human Rights Lens. And that will be published in late 2022 with Rutledge. And this is based on an extensive <laughs> amount of research over many years, uh, including field work that I did in multiple countries around the world related to the Armenian Genocide the Holocaust, the Cambodian genocide as my three main case studies and the Rohingya genocide as, a, as an alternate case study at the end of the book. And what I did with the idea behind this research was to create more of an understanding for genocide scholars about human rights and what they are, but also to broadly explore the genocide process as as human rights violations. So we often think about genocide as killing and the focus is on killing, particularly when it comes to the prosecution of genocide, that's often the focus. But my research has shown that there are so many other components to the genocide process, because it is a process, it's not an event, that we need to take into consideration other aspects, not just killing. And all through the process, there are very specific human rights violations. And without these, you know, there would be no genocide process. And so essentially the pattern of human rights violations that I've found, I'm hoping will be of use to 
policymakers, uh, practitioners working at the UN, for example, as a form of midstream genocide prevention, but also will be of use to lawyers, to prosecutors and to judges when thinking about charging genocide, when thinking about how to prove genocide and to make a decision or a judgment as a judge based on whether or not to convict of genocide. That sounds like a you know fascinating project. And, you know, of course, we would lo- love to have you on the New Books Network to discuss that when, when it comes out. So, you know, uh, li- listeners, look look forward to that. Um, well, Melanie, thank you so much for, for being a guest in the New Books Network. Um, you know, I, I recommend that anyone check out uh, IAGS and the work they're doing and, you know, reach out to them if you uh, if you have any questions at all. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I, I, it's been a delight to be able to talk about IAGS because it's such a passion for me. And I do encourage people to have a look at our website, genocidescholars.org, and you can get in touch with us. Our contact details are on that website and the links to all our publications and our YouTube channel. Everything is accessible through our website. Wonderful. Thank you.